The California condor is the largest North American bird and went extinct in the wild in 1987 when the last one was captured. But thanks to the clever use of hand puppets in the breeding program, they are now back in the wild. Welcome to Two Thirds Focused. I'm Rasmus. And I'm Red. And I'm Jan. Oh, those voices today. <laughs> yeah, that, we, we are on new levels, I feel like. Yeah. You said the bar very high with your introduction, so just try to mimic you. It's the heat. The heat is getting to us. No, no, it's the new mic. It's the new oh, mic. It's the new or mic. The mic oh, yeah, stand. Yeah, right. It's of the course. it's a magical no, way of... It's your voice. It's you. It's your natural charm. Oh, yeah, and all of the extra iron dust I've been hailing because I've been grinding knives today. Yeah. yeah. Why? But, uh, market? Uh, yes, I did the last final prep for the market today because I'm... the market actually starts uh, on Friday morning. Mm-hmm. tomorrow for us in, in, in recording times. And uh, this is, I, I've, I've finally sort of started to feel the benefit of having been doing this for a while because now I spent three days prepping for the market instead of two weeks, which I used to. It's good. Yeah, because like, well, uh, I always try to make more than I need every single time. Uh, but also I've been getting better at making things. Or in this case, uh, Kiel helped me cheat at making things. So he, he kicked my ass when he was visiting and told me that when I make the roses, I should do it more efficiently. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, yeah, fine. I'll, I'll try to do that. So I modify my hammer to forge the texturing quickly. Uh, so I, I have, I think in two days, I made like 20 roses. Oh, wow. Yeah, so that's, that's well, I mean, it, it helps that I had like 60 of the stems that I forged earlier in the year oh yeah um, yeah i remember I, I saw those yeah uh and but but now it's like oh yeah i have 20 of those and i've forged another 20 uh of the bare bottle bottle openers and mm-hmm. i forged 10 troll bottle openers and i was like okay and then i was like i have these knives on the shelf that I, i've been meaning to grind for the last six months let me just do that now so yeah nice what about the uh house shoes that you Oh yeah, that, that, I, I did that before I did the knives because I'm stupid. No, they do really nice, especially the one on the left was absolutely like perfect. Is that uh, supposed? It's not supposed to go on a horse, right? No, well they, they they have been on a horse. I actually got them used. Okay. But the really crazy thing is, um, so most of the I, I got a big pack of shoes from um, a student at one of the courses earlier, mm-hmm. and. A lot of them, because this was in spring, a lot of those shoes were winter shoes, so they had like the iron spikes on them. Mm-hmm. So I figured, okay, if I just reshape this into a nice circle instead of that slightly uneven horseshoe shape or that's fitted to that hoof, mm-hmm. uh, maybe that just be nice. But then there's a, it's the spike. I thought, oh, let me just grind that down. No, no. you can't grind no. that down. It's super hard steel. It's hardened. It doesn't even spark. It's the weird. I couldn't even see it disappear, and I went at it with the angle grinder and st- like, no, this is I don't know. I adamantium. Have you been using wooden discs again on your grinder? <laughs> <laughs> Just the burning smell should have given me a clue about that. Well, wait, I thought that was electrical. <laughs> oh, oh yeah. Uh, <laughs> no. Uh, well, that's, that's another thing that happened. I guess I'm starting with telling about my week. Uh, the fire alarm went, uh, and there was a lot of smoke coming out of the elect- electrical room at, in the basement. But the really weird thing was that I was 
I was pulling out my big weld, my welder to start using it. And I was like, as I was pulling it out, I could hear the alarm started working. I was oh. like, this is really preventative. What's going on? Is someone watching me? And I was like, no, there's, uh, turns out uh, the electrician did a really shit job at connecting the compressor. Oh, yeah. So and it's when a that three phase. On. No, no, it's a three phase compressor, mm -hmm. and he didn't, he wired it backwards. Which is not a good idea. No, because if it's backwards, the the, the inside the compressor is working backwards as well. The motor yeah, turns it, it, backwards. It, Even though the compressor is, uh, I mean, it's still going up and down and doing the job. Yeah. And a just mechanical level, it shouldn't I don't know be good the, the specific specific thing that happened. Uh, what I do know is that uh, he didn't, he realized that the compressor wasn't working correctly, so he put a big fuse in. Oh, which, which which helps a great deal because it means that the compressor can go a lot longer without actually tripping yeah, the fuse. Yeah, for sure. Mm -hmm. uh, the problem is, of course, that it wants to start to smoke and tear itself apart. Yeah. Yep. Uh, and normally, when it runs backwards, uh, the, the friction of it means that it trips the fuse because it wants to draw more power to go around. Yeah, they time. also call it. Some of them might as a safety measure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, this time it didn't because the fuse was really big. You mean it was like a giant screw just in there? <laughs> so, something like it. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, we had to, it, like smoke was coming out. and was like, yeah, that smells really electrical. Uh, and he was like, yeah, you're onto something there. There was an electrician here just two hours ago. I was like, okay, uh, maybe you can try to kill the power and call, call the fire department and I'll open up some doors and we'll try yeah. to air this out. And okay. the fire department comes out and I go, Smoke uh, the the one with the, the smoke gear comes in and they try to look around. It's like they can't really figure things out. Like the the explanation we got was after the fire department was there, and the electrician came back, uh, kind of sheepishly, I would say. <laughs> and the, the like the, there was three fire trucks that came up. They were like uh, the, the the specialized smoke one with the CBR and E equipment, and there was uh, one with a ladder truck and a normal one. So it was like full party, uh, which was really exciting. Um, but not did you get to really... to run the siren and and have the lights on and everything no they oh, wouldn't damn. let me climb on board oh fuck too bad oh. next time next maybe next time <laughs> <laughs> anyway how, how how's how's your week should i go yeah go for it. um i would like to say pretty uneventful but <laughs> that, that would not be true uh, yeah, so we still had the festival going. I think I talked about it in the last episode. Pride um, festival thing? Yeah, the whole Essling and festival thing um, going it's on. It's still so, going on? Yeah, no, it's that's it's done now. It's uh, finished. Okay. Like yeah, so yeah, evening was the last day, and today when I returned from work, it, almost everything was already torn down and packed uh, away. How long did it last? Uh, like... That was nine or ten days. Okay, I. Okay, I thought it was like a couple of days. At, uh, no, and it, and, and it wasn't tense. It was like really they had like wooden structure buildings set up. Like today they came with cranes and like DB Schenker was there and just like with forklifts and taking everything apart and the roofs off and everything. So that, that wow. those were like pretty massive uh, wooden structures they put up. Um, so no, that was going on, on, but still on Friday. So we went there for a little bit. Saturday, we helped friends who bought a house. Uh, removing tapestry. Um, mm -hmm. That's always a fun job. Uh, also... Fun job. Yeah, exactly. Did you use fire? 
Excuse me? <laughs> Did you use fire? We were thinking about it, but it said behind the first tapestry <laughs> I probably I pulled shouldn't off. make that joke after talking about the fire department showing up at the forge. Ignore me. Sorry. Oh, no, no, no. It's like this. It, it, it gets even better because of that. Because at that point, I still thought about it, but it said asbestos behind their tapestry. No, it just... Uh, they, hmm. they were markings from the, they already know about it, like the front plating on the front side. It's an old house. So they did, everything is sorted out. Um, yeah, no, it's, it, it, it was fun. It was just a couple of friends and we're just pulling down tapestries inside the house and like ripping out carpets and just demolishing the old kitchen. And uh, like the main part of the house was built in the 30s. So it's not old, old, but it's just like, yeah, it's going to get renovated, but we did a little yeah, bit. Yeah, and the 30s is fucking far away from now. It's like... No, it's... It's a hundred years. It's not that it's bad. It's in eight like, years. Even... Yeah, it's old for a building. <laughs> I mean, it's the, if the building has been properly... Half um... of our street is built between the 14 and 1600s. That's old. Yeah, okay. Let me take that back then. For sure, it's old. Okay, uh, uh, half half your street is twice as old as the U.S. Three times as old as the U.S. Yeah, that's okay. why I always yes. laugh at Americans when they say something to like dated or as old. It's like no, no, it's not. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Which is also funny if you think about it, because if you just play that idea a little bit longer, um, we have some of the iron gates at those houses are from the 1400s because they've existed as long as the house did. And they're still wow. there because they've been preserved and kept in shape for that long. That's impressive. Should yeah. So I like all the doors. Careful now. I might have to come visit. <laughs> yeah, you can do that. Well, I'm talking about that. There might be one house less because as you talk, we're talking about the fire department. Yeah. Two days ago, um, my wife and I woke up at five o'clock in the morning to sirens. Turns out one of the houses caught fire about 200 meters away from us, uh, like two streets away. Yeah, that was uh, 15 fire trucks, 75 firemen, and they've been fighting the flames. Well, actually, I was wrong. That was that, not two days ago, yeah. Um, so but they were fighting the flames for like a good half of the day. But the fire didn't go over to other buildings. But it's pretty sad because they said, I think that specific house was built in uh, 1640. But it sounded like that makes it almost new in your street. <laughs> Uh, yeah, pretty much. Yeah. It's one, one of the newer houses. <laughs> Just the bad line. Brand new house, burns, burns to yeah. dust. I mean, my, our, our house is built in the 70s because it's just like built afterwards in like second row after the old houses. But no, we never... Seven, um, 70s of what century? No, no, 1970s. Okay. Nin, 1969. Okay, just to be clear. You have to... Yeah, okay. Yeah. No, um, so the... Well, the, the thing is, is um, I watched actually the... The fire department made a statement and that was actually really interesting because the house are so old and they try to preserve them like even if they caught fire what they basically did is they were shooting the water up at the in the attic where it was burning and like putting out the fire and in the bottom they already started with pumps pumping out the water so there wouldn't be too much water Ooh, damage smart. because wow. like with a normal house they just flooded yeah. It just yeah, goes yeah. like, well, it's concrete, which is going to wait till like everything is done and um, then pump out the water and look at the damage. But in that case, they're trying to prevent the water from damaging the wood inside the house. So like That's on the one cool. side, they're shooting the water in and on the other side, they're already pumping it out while the house is burning above them, basically. I, I have I have a fun fact if I may sneak it in. Okay. Do you know how they save uh, books from libraries that burn? Because as you say, they... they will very easily get soggy because they spray water everywhere. Mm -hmm. They're in a bag the and, and hang to the... 
no, no, they 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 put the books in the freezer, like a giant vacuum freezer, and then they take all the air out. Okay. And the ice Boils. immediately evaporates. And it goes directly from solid to uh, gas. vapor. Yeah. Okay. Oh, wait, uh, uh, like nowadays? You're, you're yeah, yeah. Okay, okay, okay. I, w- I was uh, thinking that back in the days, like uh, No, no, they, they, were, they were using old books. They were using books back then to to breed ergot, which is a psychedelic. Yeah. That's why you want to keep old books. <laughs> what? Okay. <laughs> yeah, so that, that was pretty much my week. Other than that, it was just like normal work picking up, like visiting customers, just a normal routine. Yeah, but that was kind of scary having a house burn that close to you. Yeah. yeah, thankfully, um, nobody got injured badly. There were four people that had to be treated, but usually like the smoke inhalation. But um, yeah, no, no serious injuries. You, you mean rescued out of the house? Or? Yeah, they had to be evacuated out of the house, but they were probably okay. in there trying to contain the flames by themselves. But yeah. yeah. That's... Talking about fire... Um, last Sunday, uh, we went and visited my sister in the nearby big city. So it's, it's basically a one hour drive, uh, to get there. That's the city, uh, I lived in for 10 years when I was a student, uh, and she's been living there for probably more than 20 years and she just uh, bought a new house. Uh, so we went to see her uh, to have lunch and there's a swimming pool so the kid was able to swim a little bit during the afternoon so it was a very nice day with her, um, very refreshing. And uh, on our way back here, we noticed a big uh, big smoke coming uh, from the mountain. Uh, oh, that's right. And it's usually not supposed to be there and so we yeah were... it's, it's not a volcano no it's not 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 in in the area um and and as we were getting closer and closer the uh smoke was uh obviously getting the the, the cloud of smoke was getting uh bigger and bigger and so we learned um just after getting back home that the uh, nearby mountain that i really like uh, has been burning for two days and that oh, was last Sunday. So it's now been burning for all week. Uh, oh, and wow. Firefighters are uh, on top of their game and they are working day and night, uh, days and night to to um, get rid of this fire and just like kill it uh, with uh, el- helicopters and, and planes. Uh, so, Sorry, yeah. I, I shouldn't be laughing, but it shows how far your insomnia has gotten when you say they're working night and days. Yeah, <laughs> when you yeah, yeah. The night before the day. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's getting better. I'm working on it, and it's getting better. To be honest, I'm, I'm able That's to uh, get uh, to bed around midnight and fall asleep around two and wake up around eight. Uh, so that that's pretty cool. It's and way it's like better than it used six to be. Hours. Yeah, yeah. It's it's nothing compared to what it was like a month ago when I was uh, falling asleep at six in the morning. So yeah, I'm pretty happy about it. But yeah, uh, so the mountain is burning, which really sucks. Uh, they have they had to evacuate a lot of people because uh, it, it was getting closer to villages and and um, and and houses and shops and and everything. 
So yeah, it just uh, just sucks, but it's amazing to see uh, the work that they are doing uh, because um, uh, I don't know how to call that in English, but you know the big planes that you have that to extinguish the fires. Uh, you see that on on the French Riviera uh, all summer uh, yep. they are going into the sea and pumping water when they are sliding yeah, yeah, on yeah. the ocean, and they are dropping the water to to kill the the fire. They are doing that right now here in the mountains uh i mean not in but uh in between mountains they are flying just to do that and they are taking water into mountain lakes from mountain lakes which is uh absolutely insane to to see uh so yeah fire here as well um so that was the beginning of my week and i spend the rest red of... red i'm sorry yeah you you realize this is just one big conversation of, oh, let me tell you about my fire. Yeah, that's, uh, yeah. I'd, uh, <laughs> I'd start saying like, oh yeah, three fire trucks came here and 15 men. And John's like, well, 15 fire trucks and 70 men showed up at my place. And you go like, my mountain is yeah, a Yeah, mine is bigger. <laughs> exactly. And with planes. Yeah, and there's probably some of our listeners, if they, we have some in California, they're going to go like, <laughs> yeah, they must losers. be laughing, but no, <laughs> yeah. it's it's really it it pays me. I mean, uh, if there is a fire of a house, it's obviously sad because the family is is losing the house, but it can be rebuilt. Uh, here, it's a yeah. old mountain that's burning, and it's very impressive. And when you see the video, because you you find you can find them everywhere on the internet, especially Instagram and TikTok, it's like heartbreaking to see the this mountain that I've known for my entire life. Uh, bursting into flames, so not the mountain will survive, but the forest covering the mountain is is gone for probably the next ten years or twenty years. So um, yeah, hundred. Really uh, actually, it it shouldn't be yeah. because they always say that like yeah, every year we have really big fires uh, in southern France, and they say oh now it's gone for twenty years. You go. Yeah, to the same place like fast. one or two years later and it's back like if like nothing happened so it, it grows back very fast um so hopefully it will as well um here as well but yeah yeah sound, sounds bad but all the ashes and coal make like great fertilizer for yeah, that's whatever true. comes that's afterwards true. so the brushwork and then the bushes or the trains afterward will yeah still sad to to see the mountain burning uh, anyway, uh, rest of my week uh, worked on the workshop. As you can see behind me, I managed to uh, put some uh, piece of wood uh, against the wall to make my um, yeah. tool walls. Uh, yes, look nice. Looking nice. Yeah. Thank you. Almost uh, as nice as mine. Like <laughs> well, scrap that. Yeah, <laughs> I love yours as well. <laughs> no, Jan, you have scraps just out to the left there. That's yep. perfectly fine. That <laughs> 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 <Not> scraps. <laughs> uh, working on custom orders uh, and and watching TV shows. Can you can you say what? Uh, I'm working on a on a cowboy hat for a client. Ah, uh, nice. So it should the be... Red Dead Redemption one or yeah, is it different? Yeah, yeah, that one. Ooh. Um, he, 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 that's the actual the, the client I, I already told you about. Like, he's I'm not in a hurry. I will need it yeah. uh, for fall, so take your time. But I don't want to keep him uh, waiting for too long, so I'm I'm working on it and really want to finish it by Monday and send it um, by Monday. Uh, so yeah, I'm I'm doing this, I'm doing that, I, and I have edited a new video uh, that my Patreon have already seen. 
uh, <coughs> almost all of them. <coughs> yeah, almost all of them. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And, and that will be released at the end of the week. So before this episode is out, it's the second part of the shop renovation. And in the first one, I was really making the walls. And in the second one, I'm uh, putting the new floating floors on uh, or in the shop uh, or on the floor, uh, whatever you choose. Uh, there will maybe be a third very short video when everything is done in the shop, like the shop tour, just to show the results of uh, my um, hard work this past few weeks. Hard might be a stretch. Yeah, but... I, okay. I was hesitating to put the hard. <laughs> you, just, you just wanted them to put closer to it so there yeah. won't be any questions. Yeah, that exactly. Exactly. Good, good, good uh, transition. I'm not going to say same way, same way, but transition. So, yeah, that's been my week. And talking about question, the topic of the day, if I may, Raz, By all means. Um, that's an idea that I've, I, I've, I've had a long time ago uh, because probably. Uh, Someone already uh, did it in a podcast that I, I'm, I'm listening. Um, I wanted to have a light episode and a, a nice conversation. And a good way to do that uh, was to just ask questions to each other. So the you have three questions that you can ask to everyone. And we will try to um, answer them. It can be about anything, um, your personal life, uh, or life in general, your maker life, the your aspect of your work or whatever. Uh, so yeah, if you can, if you want, I I can start because I've already uh, thought of my question and you look like you haven't yet. I have been thinking a lot. Yeah, but found shit, right? Moving on. <laughs> <laughs> so first question to both of you. Uh, what's your biggest accomplishment in life? What's the thing that you are the most proud of? Um, not only in your making life, but in life in general. It can be something that you've made, something you've done or whatever. So what's the, the thing that you are the uh, most proud of, the proudest of? Because it's for you, your biggest accomplishment. Uh... You have two hours. <laughs> to come up with an answer <laughs> okay um i well, i i know I, I know that pretty much out of top of the head um biggest accomplishment i would say proving all my teachers wrong yeah from oh, my that's like, a good early one. school yeah. days that's a good one yeah can you like, develop I, a little bit oh i was not a well today there's all those fancy sayings like adhd and like um was other stuff they describe of just me being lazy and but back in the days it was just me like the teachers telling my parents i'm stupid and i'm lazy yeah and if you're being told that at a young age from your teachers takes pretty much like well you believe grown-ups and it took me a long time to actually go over that find interest and stuff and then just basically get to the point like in life on a school basis at first because when I finished school, I didn't have the best grades, but I had, had like better than average grades. And later on in job, whatever I succeeded, well, it gave me a lot of self-esteem because at one point I was either, well, either I'm exactly that what they tell me, like, and just go like, well, fuck it. Or I'm just going to go and say, it's like, well, I'm going to prove you wrong. 
and I'm gonna like fight through it. And I did the later, thankfully. Yeah, because it's, it could have like at one point in my youth, like during my teenage years, it could have been gone both ways. What can, really helped well, for me was moving to the US. And can I ask was there, yeah. uh, mm -hmm. me, me first? It might be the same question, but yeah, was there like maybe. one one big pivotal conversation with a teacher that um, it, it's twofold question. Like, w was there a big conversation with one of the teachers that where they basically just called you stupid and lazy? Yeah, there was really... a teacher who asked my mom if I've gotten enough um, oxygen while being born. Oh, the fuck. How can oh, people shit. ask that kind yeah. of question? Oh, yeah. If I would see her today, I would still punch her in the face. So. Yes, please. And one for me <laughs> as well. Uh, but my old part of the question was that uh, when did you, did you have a mental shift of going like, oh, I'm going to prove them wrong? Yes. That how, was how when did that I come was about? 18, 17 to 18 years, no, not true, 18, 19 years old. Um, I did my apprenticeship. Well, I was basically trying to fight myself through the apprenticeship because I didn't know what kind of job I wanted to do. So, um, and then there was, well, I think something, well, I, I still remember, I don't want to go into detail with it because the company is still around, but I was basically told something to my face and I was just going like, fuck it, I'm going to prove it. Okay. I, of course, I didn't stay at the company, but this is what finally tipped it over for me to move to the US to just like break everything, like to get rid of everything I had in Germany to like start completely new and basically doing it out of my own power and will. Yeah, that was... That's, that's, a, that's a big one. That's impressive. Absolutely. How old were you when you were able to look back at your life and say, yeah, I, I, I proved them wrong now? Like how many years later? Not not sure like i mean i I got the idea of like being self-independent and everything that was probably when i was 22 years old so rather when quickly I moved to, well yeah when i moved to santa barbara like because over in the us i did i realized everything i did i did for myself and I basically i can take the credit for it mm -hmm. and I, I got promoted after a year and moved to santa barbara and i lived on my own and i had like my life goal was it to live in california at the time, like this is one that was my set goal, and I reached it when I was twenty-two. And wow. I was like young, young, dumb, still, still stupid. But basically, <laughs> I had the convertible parked down there. I had the ocean in front of me, palm tree on the left, palm tree on the right, and I didn't know what to do from there. And that's probably when I like slowly started to. Well, I still worked a ton, and I'm still learning. Like I'm, like you never stop learning. But I think that was the point where I moved into the apartment with like an ocean view where I realized that, damn, I've I've done that for myself and this is like how far I've gotten. And that was, I think, the first time in my life where I had like any kind of self-worth. Yeah. I mean, good on you, mate, because it's, it's not something, um, it's, it's not something yeah. easy to do when you oh, got I could, that. I couldn't have done it without my parents. I mean, they were already really, like always really supportive. But of course, if you're a teenager, especially if, if you're going through puberty, you don't believe anything your parents say. Because yeah. we all know they don't know shit. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Now we know. <laughs> now we yeah, know that they don't know shit. And I'm, in, and I'm incredible. <laughs> yeah. I'm incredible thankful for like what they enabled me to do in the mindset and just like the conversations they have with me about it. But it was something like going over there was something I had to do for myself. Yeah. So that was a little bit long winded. No, no, that, that, that's a really good answer uh, to, to a, a candid question. Um, only one thing I want to add to this, uh, mm -hmm. if I may. Um, we are now lucky 
so to speak, to have, as you said, Jan, um, psychologist and, and scientific that uh, had identified ADHD, OCDs, and all that kind of trouble, mental trouble that can affect us in our personal life, but also kids uh, when they are in school and trying to learn stuff. And now it's taken into consideration, but it was not the case like 20 years ago. And it was certainly not the case like 60 years ago or 80 yeah. years ago. It's, so far, it's scary how little we've like actually come. Yeah. Over a long time. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and now it's just starting to be um, a thing uh, to exist. And people are, are, are understanding what it means to have ADHD or OCDs or, or whatever it is uh, that they are suffering from. But it's very, very hard to have school take that into consideration in the learning process of kids. And that can ru ruin lives of children because like, oh, he's just lazy. Oh, he just doesn't want to learn. Oh, he is not able to learn. Fuck you. Just do your job as a teacher. Try to listen to the kid. Adapt to the kid. Do your job and just know don't throw um, the, the baby with the bath water, as we say here. Uh, it's not, it's, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that, that's, that's almost a metaphor. It's almost a metaphor, but it, it's not all white, all black, all good, all bad. If uh, children has difficulties learning, maybe there is the reason for that. So you try to understand it and adapt to the ch child you are trying to teach. Uh, Absolutely. But just to throw that in, and in fact, I don't know if, if you know that in Germany, um, I took a couple of weeks ago, I went to the Christopher Street Day and uh, one of my friends, she's a psychologist. And we had like the, the conversation about it, like how nice it is and like and how like great the parade is and everyone and that it's great that they got that movement. And she's like, yeah, but it's still like really important because she told me, did you know that till the 90s, 1990s in Germany, um, being gay or um, homosexual was actually um, a diagnosis. Yeah. Like it was treated as a psycho psychological yeah. sickness. Absolutely. Oh, shit. It so was till illegal 90, till, till 1990. Very late. Yeah. Uh, in the 50s or 60s, it was uh, uh, all across Europe, I guess. Yeah. And I couldn't believe it. Illegal like I, and treated as a, as a mental illness uh, till yeah. very late. Which yeah. is now insane to just think about it when you just go back, look back at history and like in the Roman Empire, everybody was fucking everyone. Like male, female didn't really matter. It was like very open and, and everybody was, it was natural. And same thing in Japan back in the days and same thing in a lot of culture. And then it became taboo and, and it stopped. And then but... Christianity happened. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, let's, yeah, let's not go down that road, but no. it's basically, um, it just, it was baffling to me that till like the 1990s, because I would never thought that because I was raised liberal and like the perception we have of today's society is that it's something that's normal, like get getting normal, which is nice. I so think I didn't want to go into deep into that, but just like to see like psychological, like in any case, depending on what is it's like, it's scary how things was just a taboo yeah. um, when we were younger. Yeah. Well, Red or and I, or you just were unknown. Not born. Or yeah, just unknown exactly. because studies were not uh, led to 
to happen. It was there was no studies, there was no conclusion, and the knowledge was not there just to to be taken into consideration. And thanks to people that uh, dedicated their life to just studying the uh, human being behavior and psychology, psychology, uh, we know more and we we know how to change things to have a better life for the future generation, hopefully. Absolutely. I, I think this year it's 50 years since Norway decriminalized being gay. Yeah, same thing here. It, it, it was in, in the 50s. Is... Oh, yeah. Well, no, I'm talking about the 70s. No, but... sorry. Uh, in France. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Uh, I, I heard the date uh, the other day. Um, it was. Good for you. Uh, no, no, I, I didn't have a date. I heard the date of the decriminalization. Yeah, I, I, in you France. said it correctly. I'm just making fun of you. Yeah, I know. <laughs> uh, it was probably late in the 60s uh, in yeah. France. Yeah. So, yeah. Anyway, Raz, Raz, what about you? No. Not really. What's your biggest accomplishment? What's the thing that you are the proudest in your life so far? I'm, I'm, I, no, I, I don't think I have one. Not at all? Uh, almost by choice. It can be a uh, small thing. Can... Yeah, but I, I don't... Uh, yes, and that's, that's the whole... That's where I was building up to. Okay. Uh, I don't have... I, like, I have like, that big dream of something in the future of a life I want to live. But I feel like I'm very far from that yet. Okay. But also, I, I it like sort of like Jan said, by, oh, you have this big dream and then you are already there and you realize like, well, what the fuck am I supposed to do now? Like, I don't want to get in that position as well. Yeah, so, sure. like, yeah, I have a dream, but I have very small goals and achievements that I want to cherish. Like finishing up my first sword. It, or, can, it can be that, Raz. And, or or uh, be, just the fact that... Something that oh, you're proud it's of. It's of all time, it's so far. Yeah, it yeah, doesn't yeah, have I, to I know, be I a know. big dream. It can be a small thing. Yeah, I, I just want to explain my thinking about it. Yeah, okay, but don't okay. tell me that you're not bragging. I mean, it's like, when you beat Elden Ring, you were basically boasting. <laughs> now about it. Yeah, I, I, was going, I was going to say that. Like, if you asked me this, like, three months ago, yeah, beating Elden Ring would have been high on that list uh but like uh as with mike i have probably five favorite movies like if you ask me if i have one favorite movie i will give you five if you ask me for a top 10 list i'll give you 20. Now it's impossible to give only one uh, yeah movie. but like so i understand in, i understand here's a spectrum of things but like uh finishing the sword yeah definitely one one thing i'm proud of yeah uh like being able to for the first time give myself a stable salary for six months yeah nice. I, I, that feels also kind of good yeah um, and and just, I, I guess I'm just almost by on purpose trying to focus on more of the small things, mm -hmm. and just the next milestone of things. Like the next thing I want to do is just okay, give myself a regular salary for a year mm -hmm. without having any cock-ups. That'd be kind of cool. Yeah, that's good. That's positivity right there. No, it's 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 a great uh, state of mind that you are you are living by because it's it's really hard to have that kind of stuff. Most of the people uh, have a big dream, and when the dream uh, become true, it's like you said, you both of you. Uh, what now? What's the next step? What do I do f from here? And sometimes they had nothing for a long time, and then the depression hits uh, hard because there is yeah. nothing to aim for anymore. I mean, if I may, like, 
the big dream I sort of have in my mind now mm -hmm. is to have a life where I have raised good children. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm only skipping the whole part of everything in between having kids. Yeah, yeah. My goal now is so far ahead that it's beyond my next goal. Like, I would like to be in a relationship where we can have kids, but like, that's that's not where I'm at at the moment, because it's really hard as a male to do that by yourself. So I've heard anyway. Uh, but like, you, you see where I'm going? Like, I want my goal and my dream to be separate. So my goal is on my way to my dream. But as soon as I reach that first goal, I move the, ga the, 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 the goalpost and move everything further down the line. So I know in my mind that, well, after having raised kids, well, then it's be like being a good grandfather, I guess, mm -hmm. to them. Yeah. Or impacting someone in a fundamental way. Something, something. I mean, that it, that gets very, really vague. But yeah, I, I mean, small goals. I like small goals. I understand. I understand. Totally. Being a father of an eight-year-old kid, um, you, I, I can't not be proud of having a child. Yeah. I'm happy that I'm a father. I'm super happy that, that my son is here. I cannot be happy to be a good father right now because I don't know what my influence in the future will be and how he will turn yeah. out as an adult. Um, so I'm doing my best every day for um, to give him a good education and, and um, good values in life so he becomes uh, someone, someone nice. Um, But yeah, I, I hear you. It's, it's, it, the goal in itself is not uh, reached yet. It will be... I mean, I, wa I was having this conversation with a friend a long time ago and it, it was like, uh, you can... All, we were thinking about life and, and the value of it and what we have done uh, right and wrong. And the conclusion of the discussion was we will only be able to take a look back at our life and judge it uh, on our deathbed. Because that's the that's the end line. That's the goal. The ultimate goal is is like the split second before you die, and you can have a proper look at what you've done, and and yeah. you can estimate if your life has been valuable to yourself, to other, and if it was good or bad, and and everything. So, I really understand what you are you're saying was about the 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 goal being far away, and and you uh, being working on it like in small increments, small steps, and not being able to be uh, proud of only one thing. I mean, I, it, the way I see it, life consists mostly of small moments anyway. Like in between the big things, but if the small moments, it's not something you can cherish. <laughs> I thought you were then... saying the small moments between lunches and meals. <laughs> 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 and you'd be right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, how about you, Red? <laughs> exactly. What's your oh, um, achievement? Yeah, a, a, a few years ago, I would probably have said like, uh, I, I cannot answer that question without mentioning my wife and kid, but I kind of already did. Uh, I'm happy to have my wife and to have my kid, but they cannot be considered like an accomplishment or something that I'm proud of. Of course, I'm proud of them for who they are, but me being or having them in my life cannot be something I can take credit uh, for. It's like 
life it happened and 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 we are happy together and that's cool um so i i believe that i would have to look somewhere else to get or to identify my biggest accomplishment but again it, it's kind of the <laughs> mix of the your two answers which is kind of weird when i think about it but uh what i got um in japan a few years back the very first day of me walking into uh the university i was uh, going to teach to, uh, in like the very first day before the class i was climbing the stairs uh, leading to the main building and i was i was like i will remember this moment for the rest of my life at that time that's what i what was running to my head. i have to remember this because it's been my dream for the past like 15 years 10 years i don't know but it starts now that's the beginning of the thing that i should be proud of everything be- else was talked about everything before that was a prologue exactly um it starts now the the thing that i will be proud of in like 30 years will be that day because i it's the day it starts but also the last day of me teaching there because it it will um, bring closure to that period of my life and and it's only that period of my life that i can be proud of it not it's not been easy to get there it, it's been a very difficult journey to um get that job in in this big university in japan so i could definitely be proud of getting the job but doing the job right once i was there was also part of the job i mean that that was the big thing it was an accomplishment for me to get there because a lot of people wanted to to get the job but but you were the one who did it i i did it but what was important for me was to do the job right for the students and the day i would close the door of the classroom for the last time being able to think i did it right i mean i did my best at least and so that part of my life is something obviously i'm proud of because i really enjoyed it uh but all, coming back to france and giving my sons uh my son a different life uh probably a better one that he would have uh had over there is something also i want to be proud of but i will also be able to judge that in like 20 years or 30 years time so it's it's uh, like you said jan it's you got to uh you got to miami and and it was like yeah not miami no california california California, sorry (laughs) uh you got there and it was like uh yeah, I'm there. Despite everything that they said, I'm here. But it, what now? And 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 rise like small things build up your your life, and and it, it's that the two things there. Um, and I mean, just um, everything shifts after a while. But I, I, like you asked me for like the biggest accomplishment I had, and this was one that left like the biggest mark because it gave me like a lot but later on i realized that like all of that and trying to prove it to other people is basically just a stepping stone that i have to like be happy with myself this is something that came afterwards but the biggest impact at that point like in my life at that point was during that time where i realized the first one yeah and like you said rasmus then the smaller parts come afterwards and it's like the, the amount of smaller things that actually are really the things that shape you afterwards as they say in Japan, even when dust um, stacks up, it becomes a mountain. So ah. small ah, stuff yeah. becomes big. 
the, the Danish has a different one. Uh, this this is uh, some TED talk I saw a while back, and it's like they, ha they had like a, this large pint glass, and it's like so like life consists of like all the big moments like uh, birth and meeting like married and having a kid, grandchildren, mm -hmm. and he fills the glass off with large rocks and takes like smaller rocks and puts them in and it's like the, the like still important moments. And he fills it up and says things like, oh, like it's the anniversary, it's the first day of school for your child, it's like promotion at job and all of that. And it, it starts to look really full and then it's like, and then you have like the everyday things and it's like sand and just pours into the glass. And like now it's really full. And he then cracks up beer and he pours that into the glass and says like, no matter how full your glass is, there's always... Or no matter how full your schedule is, there's always room for a beer with a good friend. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. That's a, a really good one. Very, very abridged yeah. version, but yeah, uh, yeah. that's like a good it. one. Uh, next question. Do you yeah, have I'm, one? I'm gonna go, I go? Yeah, I'm going to go next because you came utter unprepared <laughs> <laughs> and late. Exactly. Hey, no, I, I was ready. My question to you guys is: <laughs> Wait, you said you was ready. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I was here on the, on the dot. I was just in the wrong room, apparently. Apparently, yeah. Mm -hmm. Because you were late. Moving exactly. on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so to you guys, um, Red, you work with leather and I mean, you do the smithing thing and Ras, you're a blacksmith. If you both couldn't do those things that you kind of specialize in, what would be the next thing you guys would do? Like rest, if you couldn't do blacksmithing for like any reason, I'm not saying for my health, but like if it wouldn't be blacksmithing, what would be, do you have something in mind that would be another thing? Uh, yes and no. Uh, as long as it was something where I could solve problems and be creative, I would be happy. Blacksmithing metal just happens to be the medium I got stuck with. Or yes. that stuck to me, but depending on how you see it. You've never shed any ideas of like what else you would do maybe something uh, you put off because you didn't honest, have the time uh i did have one of those forking the road moments just mm -hmm. after i got out of the army and i i was down in spain uh, learning to scuba dive uh coincidentally with one of the the world's best hypnotists and he offered me a job helping him out teaching people how to scuba dive uh, and like because because like he is insane and I apparently is also insane. I I got all of the certificates you could get in three days. Holy fuck! Uh, uh, like uh, everything you could sort of uh, short of spending hundred hours beneath water yeah, and sure. that kind of thing. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Um. So he offered me a job and I was like, yeah, that sounds kind of awesome. I mean, uh, at that point I was twenty-two, I think. And like I didn't have any plans at all, but I had just gotten accepted to the blacksmithing school, like two weeks beforehand. So it's like I want to do this first, then we can talk. And then I ended up getting stuck in blacksmithing. So like honest, if that opportunity with blacksmithing never arised, that would probably where be where my road sort of forked off and I ended up on a different path. Not sure where, where that would have led me, but uh, finding Rasmus. Yeah. <laughs> uh, fuck off <laughs> Red, how about you? 
Um, in my case, it's a little bit different because I was a teacher be before being a, a leather worker. I'm kind of both still because I still teach and I, I'm, I still do my thing with leather uh, most of the time. Um, so I believe if there were uh, really two things that I was really interested in when I started uh, crafting again. Again, I was doing a lot of stuff when I was younger, when I was a, a child and a teenager. I had to stop for my um, studies, uh, getting my degrees and everything. And when I had finally some free time and some money to buy materials and, and tools, I got back to it. But I was living uh, in Tokyo uh, and the really only thing that I, I could do, I was able to do where I was living was leather crafting. I did a little bit of woodworking in the in the garden, so to speak. It was like a nine square meter garden, uh, and I was surrounded by houses, so it was really hard for me to use a saw or angle grinder or whatever power tool that I, I wanted to use. So the only um, real craft that I was really interested in and could do in the house was leather working. But the other thing I was really interested in was blacksmithing. Um, so probably if I, I couldn't work with leather anymore, I would dedicate my uh, time and, and uh, to blacksmithing. I would, I would really invest myself or, or um, dive into blacksmithing a lot more than I'm, I'm compared to what I'm doing right now for different reasons. Um, that, that's, that's an art. Some people might call it a dead art, but it's an art. Fuck off, <laughs> wash your mouth and go to your room. All of those. Well, we... <laughs> uh, it's, it's something that uh, always amazed me, uh, this, this ability to take a uh, hard material uh, and work it, you know, uh, uh, you work it in a way to change its shape, its length and, and everything only using heat and, and a hammer. It, it was really magical to me when I was a child. Um, so that's really something I would I would like to do more if if I could, and I'm, that's what I am aiming uh, to do uh, in the next uh, months. Now that the apartment is done and my car is fixed and everything and everything, um, but it's, it's always um, difficult to answer that kind of question because I also like woodworking, also dead art, but I also like that. I, I believe that my, uh, but me being drawn to blacksmithing more than woodworking is because my grandfather was a professional woodworker, cabinet maker and coffin maker and everything. And I want to probably... Um, wait, wait, wait. Coffin maker? Yeah. He was making coffee. Dead for people in dead boxes? People? Yeah. Okay, just checking. Moving on. He, he was the... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he was living in, in a small village in the mountains around my, my hometown. So he was doing uh, anything and everything. When someone needed a new window, he was making a big yeah, window. By all means, it's just uh, you felt the need of mentioning he was making coffins. That's yeah, because... Making, it made it sound like it was a very big part of his income. It was indeed. It was indeed. Because <laughs> people needed tables and cabinet and stuff, but there, uh, those things were passed on from generation to generation, right? Uh, oh, but everybody dies. But everybody dies. So when and it's something that you can't avoid. So, so when someone was dead in the village, you had to bury him in a coffin. So he was caught 
uh, called sorry he was called to to make one for for the family uh, so yeah, it was okay. a big part of his income uh, for sure and Makes i i I, I, I won't pro i probably want to distantiate myself from this um family thing like in the family we work with wood and i i, I probably want to find my own path or my own identity by working with leather and being uh, attracted to blacksmithing that much, probably. Interesting. How about you, Jan? It's uh, difficult because for me it's a hobby and I also like do different things. So if I, I would like to think of it that way. If I wouldn't have my workshop here, if I wouldn't be able to have my little room to do all the uh, kinds of stuff in it, I would probably do even more with plants. But honestly, I think that's an unfair answer. Mm. Because we're talking about our livelihood. You're talking about your hobby. Mm -hmm. So what kind of a job... Oh, I was I... thinking from a making perspective. But uh, yeah, job-wise, but... job if I wouldn't be in sales? Uh, yeah, for example. I mean, it's, it's, really, it's really general. I probably would be in sales for another product or another thing. Let's say you can't work in sales for any kind of reason. I can't work in sales? Yeah, you're, you're, you're blind or lost your, uh, your tongue or something. I don't know. Oh, yeah, that, 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 that would silly. be great. <laughs> then I have insurance. No. Um, <laughs> well, in that in that case, if I, I, I used to work as a service technician. And as much as I love that job and the problem solving in it, I wouldn't want to go back into it. Because um, I think if I couldn't work in sales per se, I would still would try self-employment like if it's for fulfillment just something i want to do it would might be into going into the making stuff mm -hmm. but this is also like would involve sales of course of the product but not as a salesperson sure. for another company um yeah I, I think i would go during that and um either that either the maker scene or doing something with plants because this is um a lot of a kind of discovered ever since I have the garden for the last two years I've been working it that I really really enjoy it and that it brings me a lot of peace mm -hmm. I, 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 you've noticed that <laughs> you, you have you seem to always have this extra bit of uh, I wouldn't say glow because it's covered in dirt but uh, <laughs> extra shine about you when you have been out in the garden and you yeah. come on the podcast afterwards like oh with the, the thing it's blooming it's exploding in greenery and all of that exactly yeah and I just uh, picked some fresh figs um, today because the fig tree is just in full bloom and they're absolutely sweet so the heat has been going to doing really well on the figs yeah that's sort of small tangent that's maybe one of the quote-unquote good sides of possible global warming is that Norway might be grape country in a few years time <laughs> yeah nice. and i was and i was actually thinking about it because i we just planted a walnut tree and i was like yeah maybe i should have bought a palm tree Maybe, maybe, maybe. It's not too late, though. That's true. Buy a couple, if you can. Uh, yeah, not only I, I, one. Well, one I, one yeah, is of, sad. Yeah, no, and I, I need something to put my, um, how do you call it? Like yeah, hammock. Ham the, hammock, the hammock, yeah. yeah, yeah. In between, so of course. At least, at least a bear, yeah. Yeah. I mean, palm trees are like horses. You can't just have one. It will just be sad. Yeah. That's true. Uh, okay. My question. Mm -hmm. Um what's the sort of 
I was thinking Christmas gift, but the, the, ignore the, the seasonal part of it. What's the gift you got as a kid that you that had the largest impact on you? Oh, wow. Hmm. I also know that one, like, on an instant. Yeah, go on then. 1993, I believe, it was the year. It was the first Game Boy. Ah, uh, yep. Because yep. that was, um, my dad got it for us. Uh, for my brother and I together, because it was, I mean, freaking expensive at the time, like for, for electronics. And uh, my mom just shook her head and kind of like smiled because my dad, my younger brother and I, we, we were really young. We're sitting on the like the, the couch, the three of us, and just passing around the Game Boy, like playing a life each. And it was Spider-Man. Yeah, Spider-Man. Cool. And I think he also got us Batman. And then he discovered Tetris, and we weren't allowed to play for a whole week because he was just <laughs> playing Tetris nonstop. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Tetris is the game of the devil. Once you started, you can't stop just like this. You have yeah. to to yeah. see the the, sh the, the, the shuttle. Uh, yeah, but I, I remember that one especially like vividly. Oh, yeah. But you read... Um, it, it, three came in mind uh, instantly yeah. when you asked the question. Uh, obviously, my first um, video game console when I was a child, it was the Sega Master System, uh, the oldest console that I... But it was mine. Like, it was, it was mine, the first console. So I had this game called Shinobi. Uh, you're playing a ninja and you're killing yeah, bad guys. Yeah, I heard of stuff. it. I have to... Wait. I have it in what, my is it, is it the one that's referenced in Ready Player One? Uh, I don't know. Maybe. Don't ask me. I, I've only seen the movie Ready, Ready Player One and I don't, didn't really enjoy it. So Yeah, no, it, it would have been in the book. Yeah, um, I haven't read it. Anyway, sorry. Uh, so that, that one obviously got a big influence on me because uh, it was the starting point of kind of video game addiction, even though it's not an addiction, but I have... Uh, since the master system, it kind of is, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> since the master system, I got the Mega Drive or Genesis, and then uh, me and my brother had uh, a few Nintendo uh, consoles, then the Game Boy, obviously, um, then the PlayStation 1, and then 2, and 3, and 4, and 5, and I bought an Xbox. And also Nintendo Wii and the Switch. I basically got them all uh, during the uh, 20, 30 years, past years. Uh, so it's, yeah, obviously that the big influence on me because my inspiration also comes from a lot of video games that I've played um, back in the days or still I'm playing now. Uh, the second one is a Swiss knife that I got from my grandmother from my oh. father's side when I was probably eight and that was my f not only first knife but it was my first tool because there was a screwdriver uh, on it and and from that point I started to unscrew all the screw <laughs> that I could find and open all the things that I had in my room to see oh. how it was made inside. That was yeah. like an episode of Red Alone at Home. <laughs> Something like, like yeah. Doors would come apart. <laughs> no, I never tackled the, the doors, but 
I had I had this uh, radio uh, in my room uh, and I just opened it to see what was inside because it was like magical. This plastic box is playing music. How? So I opened it and obviously I was eight or nine, so I was unable to put it back together. So uh, yeah, I heard my dad scream at me that day, but went fine. <laughs> I had learned stuff, so it was cool. So yeah, this yeah. this Swiss Swiss Army knife was was an interesting gift, uh, especially because it for that and because it was go- coming from my uh, father's mother who. Um, never been a great grandmother uh, before or after. So it's despite the, giving you a knife, that sounds like a great grandmother to me. No, it was it was really the first good, uh, quote unquote, good gift that uh, or only gift uh, that was valuable to me that I got from her. All the other time was like a wool scarf or wool socks and stuff like that that a child doesn't care about because. You, you can't do anything with That's it. You can't play. You, yeah, she was she was a knitter, so she was knitting a lot. So we had a lot of uh, knit gift, which is nice because now as an adult you can understand or appreciate the time that she was putting in it. Yeah. But as a eight years old kid, you don't fucking care about new socks. You you want a knife or you want you want something to play with. So yeah. Anyway. Uh, it was a cool gift. Uh, and the third one, quickly, um, was the one that my wife uh, made me a few years back, uh, probably 15 years now. And it was my first laser walking tool kit uh, with some leather and a book. And that's what really got me into leather walking. I was interested in it. Uh, and she told me, yeah, try it. And I was like, eh, nah, don't have the time. You have to buy tools and so on and so on. Uh, so she got me a box with a few tools inside, a book, uh, uh, a few pieces of leather. Uh, and on the Christmas morning, she told me, go make something and change my life for good. So, yeah, that's that's the one that really impacted my my life. Uh, yeah. And 15 years later, she watches you, how you get giddy when it comes closer to Maker Central. And she thinks, yeah. oh, what have I done? <laughs> <laughs> No, she had, she has like she had, she actually is super happy for me because I'm living my dream. I don't I really don't like this expression because it doesn't mean shit to me. Like living the dream because you are doing something that you like. I mean, everybody's looking uh, living their dream as long as as they enjoy your uh, their their job. Uh, I, I mean, yeah, and you work in sales, you love working on sales, so you're living the dream. But when you're using this expression, people tend to. Uh, imagine something completely different that you you don't have responsibility you don't care you're just doing what you like no it's not it's not that i'm i'm self-employed i'm making stuff out of leather most of the time also other stuff but most mostly leather thanks to my wife because she pushed me in the right direction with this gift so she had no idea what she was doing at the time because i was teaching full-time and i was only teaching half half uh, half time uh, as a part-time job um but yeah if she haven't been there i would be making something else with a different material maybe and i i would probably not enjoy it that much i don't know it would have been something completely different i don't know Mm -hmm. what about you as i think it's like two pivotal moments for me 
but that was not really gifts in that sense. Uh, or they, they were gifts, but not in the present kind of sense. Uh, one was when I uh, got to start doing karate at the age of six. The other was when I started in the Boy Scouts when I was 12. Both of them are like pivotal moments in my life where I uh, met people who very much shaped me into the person I am today. On, on Christmas? No, that's why I said it's not in the present kind of sense. Ah, okay. But, I thought in the present as in the now. Oh, no, no. Uh, like in Christmas, not, 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 not as a Christmas birthday gift kind of thing. Okay. But just being allowed to do this thing. Uh, but uh, like like with you, Red, my, I, I got a knife and an axe really early on. One of my best You're basically my born with a knife, right? In Norway. You got one as, yeah. as, as yeah, a baby, right? Yeah, yeah we, have, we have a cheese slicer, a knife, and two skis. That's how we are born. <laughs> Messed up. Don't ask my mom. <laughs> uh, but maybe maybe the, the actual gift I ever got that's the best one was when I got The Hobbit uh, when mm. I was nine. That's, uh, I think that's one of the first books I really, really read. Not, I, I, I've been reading a lot since I could, mm. but from around nine years old, I've been reading every single day, basically. Yeah. Since I got The Hobbit. Yeah. So yeah, that's kind kind of where I'm at. Uh, I. I I got a computer. I never had like a console. I bought a Game Boy on vacation in Thailand at, at in 2005 or something. Uh, and gaming, as I think everyone knows, is a big part of my life, but I don't see it as being that mon monumental, so to speak. No, sure. But it, it ch changes your It habits. was different times. Yeah, it was different times. <laughs> yes, yeah. but I, I mean, uh, when I was 16, I, I had earned enough money to build my own computer, mm. uh, which, which was a really lucky point to be building a computer because it was just as everything got easy to to, to put together and build because you can just go on the website and say, I want all these components and they will just yeah, tell you this one fits with that motherboard. And that was also done. four years ago, so... <laughs> no, no. Are Steve paying you on their table or something? No, but you make it sound like it was like 20 or 30 years back. It was not. It feels exactly. that way to me. It was not. You're still young. Oh, should, should we do more questions or focus this? Uh, just one thing. Now, now you mentioned it, it, it like the non uh, present or gift, like material thing. Um, yeah. My parents uh, taking me to the, the cinema for the first time when I was a child. Damn, I bet that I, I, it was not conscious until probably now, but it definitely had a big, big, big impact in my life because um, I can't spend one day uh, not watching a movie. It's not something possible for me. I've watched a movie every single day since i'm i'm probably eight or ten and oh. so i I'm, so, so movies did the same impact on you as books did on me yeah probably probably yeah uh <laughs> is just shaking his head <laughs> it's almost almost one episode <laughs> no, no no we couldn't make it <laughs> okay let's focus on something else okay uh should i start yeah 
because I want to stick to the movie theme. Um, no fight. The so you had the what channel was it? I think it was the Cinefix channel. Uh, no. I don't know. Okay, so what this is talking about yet. I need to double check where it's from. But uh, there is a thing in the eighties that happened. So I, this is a documentary. I just want to double check, and my Google search result gave me a result, or my, my YouTube result. It, it was not the thing I expected, but uh, I'll leave the right link. This is a documentary about a phenomenon that happened in that started in '77, and it's the beginning. It started with the, the Incredible Hulk, mm -hmm. and it was the Incredible Hulk cinematic universe. Okay. Yeah, I had the same fucked up look when, when I saw this. So you had a lot of crossovers happening where you had... Uh, this was the first ever attempt to make a connected universe. It started... It didn't start properly in 77, but that was when the Incredible Hulk TV series started. It had a couple of TV movies afterwards. And you had uh, Thor, who appeared in The Incredible Hulk. And Captain America. And they are and fucked up. Yes. Like and there was a Spider-Man thing, and yeah. Daredevil shows up, and it, it Worst actually was... ever. Like, oh, absolutely. Oh, it yeah. was very much the 80s. There was a lot of cocaine. You can see it almost <laughs> on the screen. Uh, but it, it it's I think it's very easy to forget or think that everything happening in the movies now mm. are super new and original. Mm. It's not, but it's the best it has been, I'd okay. say. Okay. Yeah. I'll leave the link to the specific thing um, in, in the show notes, but that's kind of a mind-boggling thing I didn't know. Uh, and it was all fucked up with uh, the big um, script-writing strike. Yeah. Okay. And everything just stopped there, basically. And there was the death of the Incredible Hulk or something was the last movie they made just afterwards. Oh, okay. So they actually tied off the whole quote-unquote cinematic universe as well in all of that. But, nice. yeah. Yeah. Uh, which sort of rambling on, which was picked up with Blade shortly afterwards, and you have more Marvel things appearing on screen after that. Mm -hmm. But the Incredible Hulk, apparently. Cool. And fucking hell, it looks like there was a lot of cocaine when they wrote the scripts <laughs> and made the costumes and everything. It's oh yeah, yeah. but it's, it's still fun to watch, like with a different point of view that you had at the time. Absolutely. Then Red, you next. I'm next, so mm -hmm. I'm gonna go with. Obviously, The Sandman on Netflix. Oh yeah, of course. Because... On second thought, let me go first. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this show is something else. Um, so it's from... I, I didn't know when I started watching it uh, that it was coming from um, a graphic novel, uh, a comic uh, from the DC Universe, even though they uh, voluntarily distanciated themselves from the DC universe uh, in the show so you don't really see references uh, only a few but yeah you'll see uh, but the show is actually visually uh, amazing like it's something that I've never seen on TV show uh, the, the um, care that they they put into a scene, a scenery, the composition of the frame, the it's like the attention to details, uh, insane. The story, I liked it, even though I could say a few things, but 
it's it's a must watch TV show on Netflix. Um, so yeah, if have you haven't to, I yet, I have to ask. I, I I just had a thought, but it start to feel like Neil Gaiman is taking over the mantle from Stephen King. Yes, no, he has his own style. Yeah, I, I mean, very much so. I, I don't uh, I'm not, I don't mean he's copying. I'm just saying just take... it feels like he's filling sort of the same pop yeah. culture niche. I'm, ju- I'm just going to fall into that because like, I'm not even going to lie. Like, you guys finally got me. Like, it's actually, for me, also the Sandman. <laughs> yeah. Because, I mean, we were writing about it. Um, it is basically, if you look at the Sandman, it's... Neil Gaiman in a sense of American Gods. Have you guys watched that? It's no. American Gods with a world and a cinema budget of like um, Game of Thrones. Like that thing has movie quality. And I mean, good movie quality. It's like Red said, the attention to detail, the costumes, everything around it. There is nothing cheap about it. It's, series have come so far when it comes to that. Uh, it's definitely Neil Gaiman humor. Or like yeah. the, the way he does it without like spoiling it, but it, you can see it like it's oozing out of everything. And um, I didn't know that it was actually from a graphic novel. Oh, yeah. yeah. So and I think this is something that a lot of people like complained about. They were diehard fans of the graphic novels as someone who did not know about the graphic novels. I watched the first episode. Um, I decided with my wife the same evening we're going to watch the second one. Then um, we went to bed, or I told my wife that I'm going to stay up a little bit longer and watch some YouTube. <laughs> and before I knew it, I watched the third uh. and fourth episode, which is still mad at me. And <laughs> today so. I watched the fifth and the sixth one, and they are yeah. also absolutely brilliant. Yeah. And I would have watched the whole thing, and I would have binge-watched the whole thing if I would have had the time. But mm. I had too much going on lately, so... But yeah, now it's I'm I'm allowing myself like one or two episodes a night to not like just binge watch the whole thing too. Yeah, we did that with my wife as well, like two episodes yeah. a night just to uh, enjoy it as long as possible. Otherwise, exactly. it would have been in, all in one night or probably. Yeah. But yeah, and if you haven't seen it, go watch it, and and just enjoy it visually as much as you enjoy the story of of this character or characters because. Yeah, just go with it. Yeah, go with it. Don't hesitate to go back after to rewatch scenes just to enjoy it because it's so well made. So yeah. Yeah. Oh, and this is not a movie podcast. No, it's not. <laughs> That's why I've got a second one, um, which is Becky Pepperdine. I hope I pronounced yes. it uh, correctly on Instagram. It's Pepperdine Creations. Um, I've met her for the first time at Maker Central. She was walking around with a dragon on her shoulder, and it was just mm, amazing. That was cool. Um, yeah. And and uh, yeah, I I I lost track after that after Maker Central, uh, and found her back in, in on Instagram uh, only a few days ago. So I could probably give a, a, a I could give a proper look at her work, and she's that's really good. That's really cool. That's exactly the kind of aesthetic that I like. Like a little bit fantasy, a little bit crazy, a little bit out of the usual codes of aesthetic. Yeah. She has all, uh, her own world, uh, and I really like it. So everything yeah, with bones has... and dragons. Yeah, 
and she has a YouTube channel as well. Also, yes. yeah, also. Um, let me also like piggyback on that one. <clears throat> um, I actually listened to an episode of Maker's Waffle about two weeks yeah. ago, and she was guest. It's a little bit longer. I think it's like three or four weeks ago, maybe. Uh, just three guest on there, yeah. something like it. Yeah. yeah. So also worth a listening. Absolutely. I that was when I was in Southern on vacation. I was listening to it, but couldn't come on because my internet was crappy. And yeah, it was a good talk as well. So yeah. Uh, Paper in creation on Instagram, YouTube, on Maker Waffle, uh, everything. Becky Papadine. Yeah. And Jan is defaulting back to Sandman. Was that it? Yeah, basically, I'm I'm sticking with Sandman. I'm not thinking of something new just to get out of it. No, like I, I decided early on for Sandman this week because it's been one of the first shows in a long time that grabbed my attention for longer than just watching one episode or the first 50 minutes of a series. So, yeah, really good. Very, very cool. Any other last little titty bits? Yes, I want a Cursing Raven. (laughs) 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 Yep, me too. I guess I need to watch The Sandman now. Yeah, you have to. Uh, But um, I have last little titty things. I... uh, I'm going to Ula's so kind of Swedish maker camp kind of thing mm-hmm. next weekend. Mm-hmm. Uh, just preparing Sweden to being invaded, basically. <laughs> just saying, are, are you packing your longboat? Oh yeah, of, of course. Uh, me, uh, me and Justin is traveling over together, so uh, he's semi-Norwegian anyway. And there was other things. Your uh, market. Yeah, well, this comes out when the market is done, so that doesn't help anyone. But there's more markets coming up, and there's more classes coming up. And I have a newsletter. I can do that. I can tell the newsletter. If you actually want, like, sort of regular updates on the next market I'm going to and when classes are available, I have a newsletter. Which is? Lohensmed.no slash newsletter. That's where you can sign up. So, yeah. Very nice. And, 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 oh, yes, that's the thing. If you can, find, if you want to speak to us collectively, you can do that at two thirds focused on any of the mostly social places, or me at Rasmus Lewin. That's it. Well, I already said the Lewin's mayor, didn't I? Okay. And you can do the same thing with me at Red Smith, the Red Smith, uh, everyone on the internet. And I'm just gonna say you can find me at nerdinventor.com, and that's the easiest way because that links to all of my socials. So. Cool. Thank you for listening. Yeah. Have a good week. Have a good one, guys. Bye-bye.